0: going on everybody we are here again with the for liberty and justice podcast where we seek to mobilize the church wake up the city and take a stand for liberty and for justice we have an incredibly special episode today um, as i get to interview one of my closest friends in the legislature and truly one of the number one top conservative fighters for texas and our family values and that is representative brian harrison who joins us today and so brian we're so excited that you are jumping on the podcast and uh on here to talk about how we can keep fighting for liberty across our state well thank you my friend it, it's always good to be with you even even though it's uh, virtual here today it's great to great to, always good to talk to you and excited for the discussion it's going to be good uh you know i we've kind of prepped our audiences as, as the weeks have gone on that we were going to be able to talk really raw and real when it comes uh, to the bills in the special session for the Texas legislature. So um, you and I talk extensively you know, off camera about this, but the reality is, is there is a further and further divide as the days go by between True conservative fighters who actually have Texas's best interest in mind and those who carry the name Republican but don't represent our values, don't actually defend the platform issues of the GOP and truly, truly have betrayed the voters that they serve on a daily basis. And so – Give me like a brief synopsis. I've already done this for our audience, but your experience in recognizing kind of the uniparty atmosphere inside of Austin in your first session. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: Look, I'm a native Texan. I'm a proud Texan. Uh, Texans are very proud of the reputation that we have developed over the decades of being a leader in in liberty and and freedom and the defense of limited governments, you know, governments that are constrained in their power by limits placed on it by the uh, by the Constitution. We have this really bold sort of conservative reputation. But the sad reality is far too often, especially in the Texas House, where you and I are both incredibly honored to serve, too many Republicans are content just to coast on that reputation. And in far too many areas, we are failing to live up to it. And we've never had a situation in our country where more of our liberties and freedoms and the Constitution itself has been on the line. And, uh, you know, the Democrat Party uh, today is not the Democrat Party of, of my grandfather's generation. And they're doing really everything they can to um, destroy our freedoms and the constitutional predicates for this country. So, you know, I had done uh, tours of duty in D.C. I I was proud to serve in the Trump administration, part of the America First team and fighting a a coalition up there in the D.C. swamp of what I refer to as the coalition of the mainstream media, the Democrat Party, and I hate to say it, establishment Republicans. So like you nate when i got elected to the texas house i was excited to lock arms with elected republicans in texas and i assumed that everybody would be you know rock rib conservative like they talk about in the campaign ads and when they're talking to their voters but very sadly i was shocked and disappointed to learn that the same coalition effectively runs the texas house so people far too concerned about the liberal media we've got the democrat party and then sadly establishment republicans who carry an r by their name say that they believe in the principles that made our state and country great but there are when when the rubber hits the road they are far too unwilling to make the tough choices and fight for their constituents and stand up to the liberal special interests so that's that's sort of the dynamic that we're dealing with in the Texas House of Representatives unfortunately
0: <laughs> you're absolutely right you know from day one when we got into this you know you came into a special election right before uh, the election that i won as as a freshman coming in and so uh you know i think you were in the house for eight days of the of the session before yeah, my, I, had, and I had eight so, days of legislative experience under my belt before you showed up <laughs> yeah it's nuts and so we kind of jumped in and we're like you know just fighting from the beginning even down to day one you know, we have this speaker's race that takes place. And granted, we were so uninformed on the powers of the speaker. You're kind of learning as you go, because there's no real crash course in how the rules work and everything works. And so we learned as we go. And what we found was our speaker right now, we're serving in a Texas house where our speaker has really uh, unrelenting, unguarded power to be able to destroy legislation that is uh, built by, you know, what our our GOP grassroots have written inside of the platform. We have all these priorities that were killed over and over and over again during the regular session, whether that be actually getting strong border security passed. And, you know, people say it all the time that border is a federal issue. Well, you're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, if they can't, do something with the Biden administration, which that's an oxymoron. We know that that's not going to happen. But if they can't, it's incumbent upon us to be able to get down and actually provide a solution. So we see that the Texas House failed to pass border security legislation during the regular session. Then we see, you know, education, freedom, giving. Uh, educational options to every single parent, every single student across Texas wasn't really, I mean, and we can talk about this, but wasn't really even in the discussion during this session. Every time we talked to one of our colleagues on the floor, it wasn't, how strong is the bill going to be? It's, I don't even think we're going to get it to the floor to be able to debate it. And then if we do get a bill, it's going to be some omnibus pub ed spending bill that just radically infuses indoctrination into our schools and It's so limited in scope for school choice that we look at it and we're like, uh, this is going to apply to less than 1% of the student population. Mm -hmm. So tell me about some of the conversations you had. You served on public education committee and your experience during the regular session trying to get that bill passed. Yeah. So, I mean, the the three issues you hit
1: there are three of the most critical issues facing uh, not just Texas, but America right now. How are we educating the next generation? Are we going to be a nation Uh, that has borders? And are we going to allow medical freedom to go by the wayside anytime there's a pandemic? I can hardly think of three more critical issues. And that's why uh, I think people were surprised to learn that I asked to be on the public education committee, even though my background had been more in uh, public health and uh, public health, having been the chief of staff at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I know as as a father of four young kids, Nate, you've got young kids too. Yeah, uh, there is no more pressing issue than how we're going to educate the next generation. And right now we have to accept the, the uncomfortable reality that while we have great public schools in Texas, many of them, I send my kids uh, to a great public school here in Ellis County down the road. We have many that aren't so great. And in fact, there's, the, the statistics are staggering. I was shocked to learn that in Texas, only 24 percent of Texas eighth graders are proficient in reading, only 23 percent. Are proficient in math, so we ha- have the conflicts of two things: we have indoctr, or we have education rates plummeting. Kids can't read and write, and we have the rise of this liberal indoctrination, driven in large part um, by the uh, out-of-control federal government, the Department of Education, trying to tie you know an LGBT, uh, LGBTQ agenda to the, yeah. the federal uh, lunch program. So we've got to take control of this and in education. I care about two things: educating kids and empowering parents. And after COVID, when we had a tidal wave of school choice sweep the nation, over 30 states now empowering their parents in education. What did the Texas House do? Nate, if you remember during our first budget night, the Texas House passed an amendment, put it on a budget that made school choice, not only didn't pass school choice, it made school choice illegal. So we could talk forever about all three of these things: school choice, border security, and medical freedom. But what, what do all three of those have in common? This is what really important for people to understand this. A lot of Republicans in the Texas House are now bragging that we finally passed a, a, a border security bill. They're, they're bragging we finally passed a bill uh, to ban most uh, COVID vaccine mandates. But what they don't tell you is that the vast majority of them spent, especially leadership, they spent all of the regular session killing All three of those priorities. Dave Phelan and his Democrat parliamentarian personally killed uh, the border security bill, HB 20, the border protection unit. They never let a school choice bill even get out of committee. And then COVID vaccine mandates, Dave Phelan and the liberal so-called Republicans on his calendars committee chose not just to not to ban COVID mandates. They chose to protect COVID vaccine mandates. All three of those happened in regular session. That's why Governor Abbott had to drag us back four times.
0: And we still haven't got all those things accomplished. And that's millions of taxpayer funds for us to go down there. That's millions in per diem. Uh, some of which I think I find it so ironic The per diem that we received that first time around where many of us, we couldn't even be there. We're not, we weren't on the pub or excuse me. We weren't on the committees that were even addressing property tax reform during that first special session. And so we're just, we're just spending and spending and spending record, uh, uh, record session for spending this session too. And, you know, uh, and it's one of those that you know we, we're spending and spending and spending, and yet the solutions are never taken. And so, you know, I've shared this on the show before, but one of the things that our audience might not be familiar with is the fact that, like, the reality is that it's a good old boys club when you get to Austin. And so, we have people that are chosen to carry bills that have no idea what the bill actually does. They have no concept of the policy that it's gonna to take to actually implement it correctly. One of the one of the prime examples of this is I saw you champion our COVID Vaccine Freedom Act all throughout the session, working your tail off to get it across the finish line. I mean, I every time I opened up my social media, you're on another news station talking about, you know, this COVID Vaccine Freedom Act because it's so simple. To say, hey, as a as an employee, your employment status should not be incumbent upon you taking a, an experimental vaccine. It's not even an anti-vaccine stance. It's a total freedom stance. And you championed this bill all the way up until the final night. I remember we're hoping last night you can pass legislation. I believe it was put on the calendar intentionally too far down, knowing we'd never get to it. Talk about that experience that night, yeah, it's, how frustrating it's
1: it was. No, it's the smoke and mirrors, the shell game that the so-called Republicans, so-called leadership of the Texas House, they want their voters to believe. They're fighting for medical freedom because you know why 30 million Texans are demanding medical freedom. They deserve medical freedom. It should not have taken so many years to get, you know, even the, the little the bill that we got done, I thought that it's a little bill, but it's not as bold as the bill we should have had. Um it took so much more work and so many more years than it should have happened. But it's a classic example of what happens in the leadership of the Uniparty Texas House where they tell their voters: hey, we're with you, we want medical freedom. But what they don't tell you is behind closed doors, the speaker and the number two in the Texas House, Dustin Burroughs, they made the intentional, the strategic, calculated decision to protect COVID vaccine mandates. And they, but they didn't want to, the, the responsibility to be so clear. So what they do is they hide their liberal actions. They got out of the Public Health Committee nine to one. I was able to persuade almost every Democrat on the Public Health Committee to support that. I had over 40 co-authors on the Texas COVID Vaccine Freedom Act. I probably had 100 votes. On the floor to pass it. They got it through the Texas yes. Senate with the help of my partner, Mays Middleton. We passed it in the Senate. What the speaker does, he sends it to the calendars committee. And because the calendars committee knows they don't want to be blamed for killing it, they put it on a calendar. But what they do is they put it on the last day as like the 270th bill. And then they conspire with the Democrats to let them filibuster the calendar that way. But make no mistake about it. It's not the Democrats that kill anything in the Texas House. There's not enough Democrats to kill anything. The Democrats couldn't pass a birthday resolution if Republicans (laughs) didn't help them. So the Republicans are responsible uh, for conservative priorities like medical freedom, like border security, like stopping China from buying our land, like ending COVID vaccine mandates. All the things they killed during the regular session, it's not the Democrats. They want to blame the Democrats, but it's decisions made by the
0: Republican leadership of the Texas House. That right there, that statement, what you just made is so not talked about in mainstream it's it's we're against the dimmer dem- i told someone all the time you know me and you uh i, I can't i can't speak for you but i know for me i'm going to get involved in some of these primary elections taking out some of these you know really republicans in name only uh inside of texas because at the end of the day we've got republicans that are betraying the trust of parents betraying the trust of their voters and we're seeing this on a continual basis like you just said it's Republicans that are responsible for the downfall of solid legislation that protects the next generation in Texas. And so looking at that, we now switch to school choice, which you mentioned, I don't know how many states it is now that have this, but it's it's over 50% of our states in, in America have some form of education freedom. Many of them are passing universal education freedom to make sure that every student uh, can apply for this and be a part of it. And the parents can truly have the final say in their child's education where they go to school and and, uh, and all of their educational needs. And so we see as we got just an absolute Dumpster fire of a bill during the regular session sent to your committee in public education. And again, couldn't even get it to the House floor during regular session. We finally get to the special session jumping ahead and it's been worked on. I mean, a month. What were we doing? People aren't just even people weren't even showing up to work. I mean, we we had quorum breaks left and right, and, and like finally me and you start threatening to you know make a call of the house and put people on blast. And oh, look at that, everyone can show up to work the next day. And so they show up. We have this education bill. Clearly, our governor has gone out on a limb, he's campaigned across the state for this. Clearly, we have Ted Cruz saying that this is the civil rights issue of our day. Senator Ted Cruz, a hero of mine, and I know a right. uh, very close friend of yours. And, and we've all these big figures, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, absolute hero, passed school choice out of the Senate four times for us to just dilute it and and destroy it and it gets all the way to the floor. I want you to tell your side of the story of what took place we're on the House floor that day yeah as no, education it's, it's, freedom
1: conservative leaders across the country like um, Senator Cruz are exactly right when they refer to it as the civil rights. Era of our time. I mean, what? How in the world are we as small government conservatives? And by the way, not I want Texas. I should start at the beginning. I want Texas to be a leader in all the freedoms. Okay, medical freedom, education freedom. But in so many of these areas, we're not even following, and that's embarrassing as a Texan. If we were to pass school choice in Texas, we would hardly be blazing a new trail. We're about thirty years behind in putting our parents in charge of education. So yeah, all session. Um, the Speaker of the House, and I, I hate to say it, a massive percentage of Republicans in the Texas House, because if I can say one thing that you leave the podcast with, it's never the Democrats' fault. There are not enough ad- Democrats <laughs> in the Texas House to be responsible for anything. Conservative bills that die, Republicans' fault. Liberal bills that pass, Republicans' fault. Period. You've got to understand that. Then the things start to make sense, Okay. The liberal Republican leadership in the Texas House made a conscious decision. They were going to turn their back on the voters that elected them because Republican voters in Texas overwhelmingly want school choice. But you know who else wants school choice? Democrat voters, independent voters. The voters of the state of Texas, they want school choice. And the Republican leadership turned their back on them. You know who else they turned their back on? They turned their back on parents. They turned their back on parents because by, by killing school choice, they're saying, we don't trust you. To be in charge of your kids' education. They're also turning their back on the 6.2 million students in Texas. Students who far too often are not being educated, but they're being indoctrinated. And I'll tell you another group that gets left out of this. Teachers. School choice would help teachers because it, because not having it deprives them of a competitive environment where our really good teachers, the one that we want to support and promote and pay more, it prevents them from going out there and being competitive. Uh, like you can do in every other sector of our economy. So it's bad for teachers. It's bad for students. It's really bad for parents. We've got to pass it. But the liberal teacher unions, you need to understand this, liberal teacher unions who oppose every conservative value we hold dear, these are the groups responsible for Joe Biden. They supported Beto uh, O'Rourke. They support Kamala Harris. They supported vaccine mandates, school uh, uh, closures. They supported the tyrannical lockdowns, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates. Those liberal teacher unions. They are supporting and are supported by the liberal Republican speaker in the Texas House. And sadly, probably, I think it's about 22 of our supposedly Republican colleagues in the Texas House are in bed with the far left liberal extremist teacher unions. And the teacher union bosses, sadly, have far too much control of the Texas House. So even though the governor has been out there leading the way the lieutenant governor, people like you, Nate, me, every movement conservative in America and across the country pushing to put parents in charge of their kids' education. A strategic decision was made by the Republican leadership of the Texas House to kill school choice. And Nate, you and I were doing a TV interview together. I don't know if it was on Fox or Newsmax or something where somebody asked him, but could they really have passed it in the Texas House? These rural Republicans don't want it. I said, first of all, it's a massive myth that rural Texas doesn't want school choice. And this is on the ballot, Uh, the Republican voters in our 10 most rural districts supported school choice by over 80%. And here's how I know for a fact that we could have passed it if our liberal speaker wanted to. He was able to get over 60 Republican members of the Republican caucus in the Texas House to vote to overturn the election of our recently re-elected attorney general on the basis of no evidence. So make no mistake about this. If our liberal leadership team in the Texas House had wanted school choice to pass, school
0: choice would have passed. Spot on. I mean, it, bringing up the Paxton impeachment, which now we see, you know, clearly our Lieutenant Governor did the right thing as well as Most senators inside the Texas Senate just simply said, there's no evidence here. We're tossing this out. They even went through the process and said, we're going to do this by the law. We're going to go through this and see. And even then, we see that zero evidence comes. And this is the nature of what the Texas House has become. And this is why it's so important that we have fighters like you. This is why we must speak out the truth. And this is why I wanted to have you on because and we have to make this regular because we have to make it Uh, to where our constituents, the people of Texas, are understanding the real battle at hand. Many of us are so focused, and we were trained to be focused on November, November, November. You know, let's get the Biden administration out, when in reality, there is so much to be done in this March primary. I I would even venture to say it is equally as important to get the right conservative in as it is to win in November against the Democrat. Because at the end of the day, sometimes we get a Republican in office in a very conservative district, and then we watch them do no different, if not worse, than what a Democrat would have done. Because what I've learned is at least the Democrats will tell you who they are and do what they say they're going to do. Whereas I've seen Republicans say one thing, I'm a Christian conservative fighter, and we know their actions in Austin are far from Christian and their policy is far from conservative. And so we see this on a daily basis. We see this during session. I'm incredibly grateful. I want to hit on one final topic and that is medical freedom. Yeah. You know, we looked at the vaccine freedom act. It did not make it because it was put too far down on the calendar, killed by calendars committee put on there. And now we get into a special session for medical freedom because our governor rightfully so, demands that we do something about this and sb7 comes to the floor but there was one major issue with sb7 and on this podcast we're going to show a video of you fighting to to make sure that medical students are a part of this bill and i was up there at the mic with you when this is taking place we watch as leadership is losing their mind that texas might actually be protected against vaccine mandates if an amendment like this gets on and then we see as they rise up and just you know they're they're pushing back we're seeing as points of order are put on and we're seeing as you know we want to increase the penalty and and uh, again leadership loses their mind oh you're increasing the penalty this is outrageous and then we watch as you're called out as saying oh, you're going to kill this bill when in reality. We did not kill that bill with that amendment. We made it far greater. Tell us about the experiences that day.
1: Yeah, yeah, we could be here for hours on this topic. I mean, what more fundamental issue should we as Texans be fighting than for medical freedom? And why in the world did the leadership of the Texas House, why in the world did the Texas House Calendars Committee protect COVID vaccine mandates for so many years? Texans deserve answers to that question, by the way. Why was it so yes, important to do. keep COVID mandates in Texas? They've never answered that question. Something tells me. No. They won't. So listen, I got to get, I got to tip my hat to uh, one of my biggest partners uh, on this issue, fight for medical freedom, which is Senator Mays Middleton. He uh, had uh, the Texas COVID Vaccine Freedom Act in the Senate when I was carrying it in the House. This is the big bill that would have banned all COVID vaccine mandates once and for all. Uh, the Senate passed it. The House killed it. Uh, for over two years, the House kept that thing dead. And then Mays does the best job he can. I mean, the Senate passed bill after bill to protect medical freedom, killed in the Texas House, killed in the Texas House. Mays gets one through the Senate because the governor forces us back. Um, into another special session. By the way, a little trivia, the Texas House Republicans were bragging all summer that they had killed COVID vaccine mandates. Well, then why did the governor need to call us back in the fall to ban them? That's a very important so point. good. People need, people need to focus on this because it's so emblematic of the gaslighting, uh, the dishonesty that happens when Republicans in the Texas House are in Austin cutting their deals to stab their voters in the back. Versus what they're telling their voters back home. They spent all summer saying they banned COVID vaccine mandates. Well, the governor knew they were lying and he called us back to pass the bill. So the Senate passed the bill. It's a very good bill. It's not as strong as the one uh, that we were working on for the previous two years, but still a good bill. And one deficiency that it had, um, and and the deficiency, by the way, was because the Senate knew that our liberal House leadership and our liberal parliamentarian didn't want to protect students. Um, So I go to try and strengthen the bill with the full support of the Senate to say, you know what, we need to not just ban most or some COVID mandates, we need to ban them all. Our future doctors, our future nurses, our college students, they deserve freedom from COVID tyranny too. So before I even got a sentence out to try and offer an amendment that simply would say, uh, the bill extends protection to students, Democrats point of order it, the leadership goes crazy. Our Democrat, former Barack Obama, White House lawyer who Dave and has serving as our parliamentarian, ruled my amendment to protect students in a bill to protect or to end COVID mandates, an amendment to end COVID mandates on students was somehow magically out of order. Okay, so the House, again, didn't even get to vote on it. And Nate, you know, if that amendment had gotten to the floor, how many votes would have gotten? 110, 115? Oh, with flying colors. Because the House, the body wants to do the right thing a lot of times, but they're prevented by the liberal leadership of the Texas House. And then, Me and you and Representative Toth and others, we went and put another amendment down to make the penalty go from 10,000 if you violate this and force someone to get a vaccine for COVID against their will to take it to 50,000. So these really big um, actors and corporations would actually, hey, maybe pay more attention and not force their workforce to, to be vaccinated against their will. People lost their minds, including the Republican author of the bill accused us of wanting to kill the bill, and then worked behind the scenes to strip it out in committee. He did not want a real penalty on that bill. Well, fortunately, we were able to force that to a vote. We got the penalty up to 50000 The Senate welcomed that amendment with open arms, and we were able to strengthen the bill. But we had to do it, Nate, as you know. We had to do it fighting harder than we should have had to fight. And who were we fighting? We weren't fighting the Democrats. We were fighting the liberal leadership of the Texas House who wanted a weak,
0: watered-down COVID vaccine mandate bill. They sure did. And ultimately, man, you know, we've just got to get to a point where Texas realizes that the, the strongest fighters we have for freedom in the state of Texas are the ones that are more committed to seeing the needle pushed to the right to protect the next generation than they are to getting you know, attaboys and pats on the back from leadership and committee assignments and 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 getting to put their name on a bill. It, that, all that stuff does not matter in comparison to fighting for the values that our constituents sent us there, right? I'm, I'm so grateful. Real quick. One thing you said a second ago, I just want to highlight,
1: because what you said was so insightful and correct for people thinking about getting involved in, in various races or when they're talking to elected officials, especially if they're Republican. It's not good enough just to say you're a Republican. It's not right. good, though, just to say, you know, I support the Republican Party more than, than the Democrats. They've got to be asked the tough questions. Yes. Are they willing to fight? And are they willing to fight against members of their own party who may be not so as, inter- aren't as interested as they should be in protecting the principles that made our, our state and our country great? Are they willing to fight against things like putting Democrats in charge of House committees? Are they willing to highlight problems like having an Obama lawyer run the Texas House? We need to have uh, more educated voters because I firmly believe 30 million Texans, if they knew what was going on in
0: Austin, they would never stand for it. So I appreciate you, Nate, bringing these issues to light. I appreciate you. Let's keep fighting. It's going to be amazing. I I have a lot of hope that we're going to win some of these primary races with more conservative candidates coming in, which only strengthens our coalition of those willing to do exactly what you just described. Hey, Look, you've been a pioneer on this forefront, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful to do life with you and to fight with you in the Texas House. Uh, Thanks for joining today, man. Always great to be with you, my friend. God bless you. and God bless Texas. God bless you as well. Hey, thanks so much for watching for Liberty and Justice podcast, where we seek to mobilize the church, wake up the city and take a stand for Liberty and Justice. Stay tuned for next week. Share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. It is time for Texans to know the truth. We'll see you next time.